Hello, welcome to another edition of the BCF Training Podcast. I'm LaVon Gilbert, the founder. And today we have uh, an old friend of mine from my undergraduate years and a fraternity brother, good friend, James Green, um, Alpha Phi Alpha, Epsilon Chapter. James, thank you right. so much for making the time. I mean, I know this is an incredibly busy time of the year for you, and we had to kind of squeeze this in. You'll be able to fill us in on why this is such a busy time for you in a few minutes. So let me just start by um, handing it over to you to tell us a bit about yourself, you know, who you are, where you're from, a little bit about your education, family life, and just a brief catch up on where you are today. And then we'll get into more of those specifics, meaning like what, what you do, your, your vocation. So take it away. Okay. Okay. No problem. Hey, so it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Levon. It's been uh, it's been great um, to to uh, dialogue about this personally and now a little bit more formally on your podcast. So, um, by way of introduction, my name is James Green. I am uh, from uh, two places. I always tell people it's a little bit complex when they ask where I'm from because um, I spent a good amount of my time in the uh, DMV, affectionately known as the DMV. It's the Washington, D.C., Maryland, Virginia uh, metro area. Um, I stayed here until I was about 13. Um, so I have a lot of uh, DMV in me, um, especially when people ask me, what kind of music do you like? I'll say go-go, uh, hip-hop and R&B. But people are like, what's go-go if they're not from here? <laughs> and um, What is go-go? Uh, what, what is that? Go go! Oh man, go go is it's it is a DC native um, uh, art form that is really a music that's very heavily percussion based. Lots of bongos, mm. drums. Um, uh, even though uh, a bass guitar is not a percussion instrument, we will use it as one <laughs> in yeah. uh, in go go. And uh, um, it's very uh, you know what most people know go go from uh, from the movie school days uh most people know the the butt um that's a go -go ah, okay got it uh, brings back old yeah. memories okay old memories yeah so that's a that was i think that was rare essence but that's a you know that's a go-go band um so anyway so uh i still have my roots here i still say soda even though i spent a lot of time in the midwest i never could get that out of me um as we know midwest uh what i say soda it is pop to you guys pop. but uh <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I, I, I moved remember. to the Midwest. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I moved to the Midwest when I was 13 and um, uh, went to high school and college up there, high school at Southfield High, right outside of the Detroit, uh, right outside of Detroit, Michigan. Um, and uh, then went to college in Ann Arbor with you. Um, so uh, four years in Ann Arbor and, and uh, received a degree, in, a bachelor's degree in uh, sociology. So that's kind of my background. So where am I from? D.C. and uh, Michigan. I okay. claim them both. Equal time and equal culture in me. All right. And what about family life? What, what, what's going on there? Yeah. Um, so family life. Um, so all, my family uh, originally is from uh, Roanoke, Virginia. But uh, I came back here to the D.C. area and ended up meeting my wife um, at a party, no less. I never thought I could meet a, a good woman at a party, but I did. So she and I have uh, been married for now 22 years. We have two children. Um, 
twins, uh, boy-girl twins. They are now uh, in the 12th grade, and they are about to go to college. So wow. doing those applications right now. Um, and uh, looking forward to seeing them enjoy their college life. Uh, so, yeah, okay. that's me. That's my family life. we got a dog. <laughs> you know, All right. he's part of uh, when we talk about fitness, you'll, I'll tell you, he, he was a big part of my fitness life as well. Getting me back into it because that's a little athletic thing over there. OK, um, the long legged right. dog. Good yeah. deal. Now, um, after Michigan, what, what did you do? What did you get involved in? Sure. So after Michigan, um, I got into mortgage banking, of all things, because uh, my mother was in it. Um, I had no interest in it really, but that was the easiest mm -hmm. job. But I don't, you probably remember, um, you graduated a year before me, but yeah. there was a big recession in 92. Oh, I remember. Um, and it was, yeah, remember that? Well, unfortunately it started right, you know, I was in it graduating 91. Um, so yes, yeah, yes. yeah. I was like two so years we late. But... <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So graduated in 92, right in the midst of that recession, couldn't find a job, ended up being an administrative assistant at a mortgage company and moving my way up. And within a year, I got uh, promoted four times, but I was I could I could not tell you what I was doing. I mean, I I, I was good at it. I was good at, you know, um, creating mortgage. Uh, it was a it was a uh, mortgage backed securities company. So we would create yeah. pools that would then get traded on the street. Um, back then, I really didn't know what I was doing. I just knew the protocols and I got really good and efficient at it. So I kept getting promoted and I just wasn't satisfied with the job. Um, I needed something that I felt was more, a little bit more meaningful to me. Um, so I ended up going into healthcare. Um, got a job at the uh, Detroit Medical Center. Um, worked for the um, the uh, COO of Harper Hospital. He's you know he introduced me to project type work on the business side of healthcare. And it's been healthcare almost ever since. Um, so I, I went into uh, a, a boutique consulting firm in Chicago. So I moved to your hometown and uh, yeah. actually stayed there for four and a half years. Um, worked all over the country at hospitals and healthcare networks, helping them to become more efficient on the business side um, and the clinical side, actually um, helped them with throughput you know, helping patients matriculate from the emergency department through to their home home based care settings mm -hmm. um, and then moved over to the finance side after that. And uh, I started helping hospitals um, with their financial health. So I've spent the last 25 years of my career helping organizations in the healthcare industry become more financially stable, mostly on the revenue cycle side. Um, it's more fun. Right. Uh, when I work with costs, you know, it comes with a little bit of a price, right? People are, when yeah. you start thinking costs, they say, oh, my job is in jeopardy. Oh no. Uh, but when you start thinking revenue, they're like, oh yeah, that's fun. Let's do that. Let's try to make more yeah, money. That, so as long as the money is being made, that's when it's fun. That's correct. Sure. Correct. So it's much more, much more fun, much more my style. Right. So <laughs> got you, got kind you. of where I reside. And then now you left Chicago, right? You went mm -hmm. back to Maryland. Went back to what, Maryland. What was yep. What was the reasoning 96? behind that? Because Chicago is freaking cold. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, I, it was a it was the coldest winter I ever experienced, and I realized that my career um, was really have laptop and have airport can travel. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, the partners thought I was doing a good job, and they said, "Hey, you can live wherever you want. If you're not happy here, don't quit. Just 
ooh, where do you want to go? And I said, back to D.C. So in 96, that's when I came back to D.C. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, started to establish roots. Um, I wanted to just get an apartment and kind of hang out downtown and do the the urban, young, you know, professional thing. And, yeah. you know, I ended up buying a house down there. And right when I bought the house, wouldn't you know it, that's when I met my wife, <laughs> right after that. So she took me, uh, you know, she was uh, kind of not a city girl. She's more of a suburban girl. So since then, we've been living in the suburbs of D.C. Um, so I miss the city, but not that much. The, the, uh, right. the suburbs are, have kind of, they've kind of taken me now. So. No, I, I, I understand that. I, I miss the the night time of the city as well. Mm -hmm. the, the energy, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it calls to me many, many times. Now, also, when you were back in the, well, you are still in that area. Now, you mm -hmm. went back to business school as well, right? I did. Um, so after working in the industry for, gosh, I guess I was working for about 13 or 14 years. Uh, I, I got the itch to go back to business school. So I'd, um, I'd gotten promoted through the ranks and I was a partner at our consulting, uh, at our consulting firm. Mm -hmm. um, and as a partner, uh, most of my clients just assumed I had gone to business school and I continued to get the question, hey, where'd you go to business school? And I would say, haven't gone. And they'd, you know, I'd say, you know, this is a, you know, it, the good old school of hard knocks. I've learned through experience and, you know, working with, I guess at that point in time, it was probably about 120 hospitals across the country. Yeah. Um, and I really wanted to legitimize my experience and, you know, kind of, I think there was a lot more that I could learn, especially on the corporate finance side. So I went back to business school and ended up uh, going to uh, Smith School of Business and at the University of Maryland. Um, so I went in in 2010, I did an executive program um, mm -hmm. and came out 18 months later. Okay. I was now I got to ask, and came out were you working out during that time? Okay. So not really. I wasn't. Um, okay. The funny thing was, LeVon, I thought I was in decent shape because I was thin. I was not, you know, if I showed you a picture of me, you could see that I was much heavier than I am now, but mm -hmm. I was thin. Right. I'm naturally a thin person. So yeah, I, I, I think at my heaviest. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So at my heaviest, I was 195 pounds. Oh, no, I got I made it to 197 pounds at my heaviest. Um, but even on my frame, I'm 5'10. Um, 197 doesn't really look that bad. Um, it looks pretty much like a normal person walking around, you know, walking around with uh with probably a decent physical uh you know, physical regime, but I didn't yeah. have it. My eating habits were terrible, especially in business school. I mean, business school, they fed us, and, and this was an executive program. Let me tell you, there was food everywhere. I mean, we ate all the time. All the This time. has and been a resounding theme with business school. It came up in another podcast um, with someone you know. We were talking about how those corporate presentations, I mean, it, they were daily. So, you know, the joke was you don't have yeah. to pay for dinner. You just hang around and you can eat, you know, eat, eat quite well. So, yeah. unfortunately, oh, it yeah. sounds like you ate a little too well, maybe. During some Way of too well. Because I'm telling you, when I started business school, I was probably 185. And by the time I got to the point where 
I had a little unfortunate incident. Um, I was definitely at 197. And, uh, but I mean, they, the food was so good. I mean, they had it catered, it was laid out, you know, we would come in and they would have a full breakfast buffet with a lady sitting there with an omelet pan. I mean, she was taking care of you, all you could eat, you know, I mean, yeah. and with business school, uh, you know, as an executive in an executive program, you are working obviously, and you're going to business school. So I'm going Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but I'm working all the rest of the week and I travel. So one of the other problems that I had is, you know, when you travel, four days a week and you're in business school, I was literally always gone. And when I'm on the road, what's the easiest thing to pick up? Fast food. So I'm eating in airports and back then 2009, 10-ish and and before, there was nothing healthy in the airport, nothing. It was, you know, know, some, you know, I can't remember the name of that company, but there's a company that used to cater almost every one of the airports and they would have their own brand of food, which was terrible. And then they started bringing fast food into the airports, which was more familiar, which was more tempting. So I'm eating McDonald's and Wendy's and, you know, you name it all the time. Um, And, you know, everything is fried. Everything is, you know, French fries, this, or, you know, fried chicken, that, or, you know, hamburger this. And that was just, you put that on top of business school eating where, yes, it was much better, high quality sort of food, but not better for me. Yeah. So, so, so what, it what really led. So you, you graduated, right? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't sound like from all of that eating that it was a healthy James that came out of it. What Talk to us about no. where you were in terms of your health. Yeah. So this is what happened. So I was, so this is before I graduated. Um, oh, okay. I ended up, uh, it was my last year. So 2010, um, we are going through our final presentations and, um, you know, uh, I had actually felt myself getting a little bit too out of shape. So I started trying to work out. Um, and I ended up hurting my shoulder doing burpees because I just said, oh, you know what? I'm going to start doing burpees. I'm going to start working out again. And so I just, you know, started doing burpees, hurt my shoulder, which made it even worse because then I stopped working out altogether. Mm. In that same time frame, I got the bright idea because I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. And I got this bright idea that I really wanted to start a business. And I wasn't quite ready to leave healthcare because I do love healthcare and I love um, sort of the personal mission that I have in healthcare. Yeah, like my mission is to make sure that every single hospital with with which I work is financially sound and can and and can be, you know, sort of able to reinvest into the community, right? Like that is what I I want to do and that's why I'm in in the field that I'm in. So yeah. I'm doing that. I'm still, you know, I'm very entrepreneurial as a partner at, at a consulting firm because, you know, that's what I do. I mean, I'm building my own book of business over there, but I didn't own it. So I said, you know what, James, go ahead and live the dream. You want to start another business, start it. What do I want to do? I don't know. So I start looking around for what I could do and potentially run while I maintained my consulting career. Led me to the trucking business. Um, A buddy of mine, good friend of mine from high school, probably my best friend from high school, um, was in the business. And he says, hey, you should, uh, you know, you should really check this out. It's been good. I asked him about it, researched it, probably watched him for about five years. And decided, you know what, I'm coming out of business school. I've got a lot of 
you know, sort of newfound knowledge that I want to apply, things that I don't have to apply in the corporate world that I would have to apply um, on the entrepreneurial side. So started a trucking company that year. That was also the year that I was doing everything on uh, sort of, you know, my career was kind of on a incline. Um, we were getting mm -hmm. busier and busier. There's a lot of things happening in the, uh, you know, in the healthcare industry that was, you know, driving uh, my, my healthcare business to be incredibly, uh, stout, if you will. Yeah. Then I start this business and I'm trying to finish up business school at the same time with our final, pro you know, our final, uh, projects and all of those sorts of things just kind of came together. And I, and look, Levon, I got this incredible headache. I don't get headaches. Like rarely do I ever get headaches, but I had this headache. It was like throbbing. I could feel my, um, my temples just throbbing and like almost like I could feel the blood coursing through my veins uh, in both temples and uh, took aspirin. It didn't work. Took Tylenol. It didn't work. Um, and it was like for at least four days where I had this incredibly intense headache. Wow. So um, I went to the doctor. Um, matter of fact, the doctor's a good friend of both of yours and mine. Probably know him. So I uh, went to the doctor and I said, hey, look, I need an appointment today. I know I'm supposed to go through the normal channels, but I need it today. I just have this headache. I don't know what to do about it. I'm feeling, you know, my fingers are swollen. I don't know. I need to see somebody. I go and my blood pressure was, you know, ridiculously high. I really don't remember the exact numbers, but it was so high that he said to me, I am so glad that you came today because I think you may have stroked out if it was another day. Wow. That's how high it was. Um. So I said, man, what do I need to do? Like, how do I, you know, how do I, uh, you know, how do I work with this? Like, you know, this can't be a death sentence here. He's like, no, 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 not anymore, because I'm going to prescribe this medication to you. And he prescribes three medications and I need you to go pick this up right away and take them every day. Well, how old were Ron, you? You know me, James. How old were you? I was 30. I was 30. 30. 30. Wow. Yep. 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 2010. Yep. I was, uh, I was 30. So, um, no, I was 40. I'm sorry. That's funny. That's 40. Yeah. I was yeah, born in 1970. So that's 40. I was 40. Sorry about that. So, um, so at 40, I'm getting this diagnosis and, you know, remember I originally thought I was in pretty decent shape because I was thinner, but I had, mm -hmm. I carry everything around my waistline. So it was kind of easy for me to hide and look, you know, thin legs, thin arms, thin neck, thin face, everything yeah. is right here. Um, so, you know, just kind of, but anyway, that's kind of an aside, but that diagnosis woke me up. It really woke me up and I started reading and studying, you know, what drives high blood pressure? Why do I have it? Yes, it does run in my family. Um, my grandparents on both sides have uh, high, high blood pressure. Um, but I didn't know to what extent and I didn't know what it could actually do to me because before this diagnosis, I was typically, uh, when I went to get my physicals or what have you, and I wasn't doing them every year, I was doing them about biannually. I never had any indication that I would have high blood pressure, especially right. not to that extent. Um, but as I started reading more and more, um, I found out, you know, the traditional sort of conventional wisdom is, oh, it's all about your salt intake. It's just the, it's just the sodium, uh, but it isn't. It's a lot more than that. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's your whole lifestyle. It's, you know, it's exercise, especially cardio exercise. It's your, your sodium intake. It's really white crystals in, in, 
in general, right? It's, it's salt, it's sugar. Um, uh, it's, you know, how much, uh, how, you know, how much protein you, you, you ingest as well as, um, you know, your vegetables, all of that. Uh, and the more I learned about it, the more I said, okay, I have to make this change because, you know, I just, I can't go out like this. Right. And I, now a question I for can't. you, when, when you were diagnosed and you, um, you got the prescriptions for the various medications. Did you also see a nutritionist at that time? So I didn't. Um, I did and I didn't. So in business school, I actually went to business school with a nutritionist. So she was um, very, very helpful and, you know, kind of teaching me what I should be thinking about and giving me sources to read on my own. So I did. Um, I'm kind of a do-it-yourselfer, as you know. I like to do a lot of things on my own and kind of read and figure it out. Yeah. I like to work with my hands and fix things. So I took it on as a project. Um, and, you know, as a consultant, that's what we do. We kind of look at problems and map out, you know, you know, solutions and processes to actually get to those solutions. That's what I did for myself. Um, so what did up, you, what did you end up, I mean, did you take it in pieces? Like, okay, I'm going to address the diet portion, nutrition. I'm going to address the workout exercise piece or did you kind of put them all together did you just like jump at it or did you take it kind of in stages what were you doing it was in stages um it was definitely in stages so again i'm, I'm a little bit of a project manager i'm kind of a so i thought about it and i said okay the first thing that i have to do is change my diet that's the first thing we did my wife was very instrumental in helping me do that um so i got an app uh, and started looking at, um, the, you know, of course the traditional, uh, let's reduce my sodium intake. Uh, and then I realized that God, in, in this country, if you are eating anything in a package, it has a ton of sodium in it. It doesn't matter what it is really. I mean, if it's packaged and it's sealed up in that grocery store, it's got a ton Correct. of sodium in it. Correct. Yeah. So, um, I started reducing the amount of packaged and processed foods that I eat. Um, and my wife helped me with that, right? So we started getting fresh vegetables. And if we did get packaged vegetables, they were the ones that were just vacuum sealed with no sodium, no sugar added, no sodium added. And everything right. we looked at on the packages were no sodium, no sugar, no sugar added, no sodium added. Right, so that was right. the first time. So now when you traveled, when you would go on the road, would you try to have your own food on the, you know, during your flight so that you weren't put it in a position where, geez, there's nothing. I just, I have to eat these things. Were, were you at that point where you were having your own foods with you all the time? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I didn't do it to the point where I had my own food all the time. What I would do is actually have my own snacks. So <clears throat> I would get like, you know, different, a variety of different brands of nature bars that were low sodium. Um, and I would have them with me all the time. Um, so that if I was on the plane, I would have something that was low sodium, you know, um, that didn't have a lot of preservatives in it. No, you know, if it had sugars, it was natural sugars like honey um, or fruit or something of that nature. So I could eat that while I was on the plane. And even right. if I was going to California, that's pretty fine. You know, um, I can mm -hmm. survive four hours without, without eating. You know, that's not a big deal. Right. But when I was off the plane, it was a lot of salads, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, um, you know, vegetable plates or things of that nature. Um, but salad was kind of my mainstay and I would get like spring mix or something of that nature. I mean, I know there's not a whole lot of nutritional value in, in iceberg lettuce. Um, 
but when I get a salad with grilled chicken or something of that nature on it for my protein, that became pretty much my staple. I knew that I could get that almost anywhere and I could so now well, I'm sorry control here. the sodium with that. But yeah, now while please. you're out, because you're on the road as a consultant mm -hmm. and you're ordering food, would were you particular about how your food was prepared? Would you say I want my chicken? Well, you tell me, what did you what did you do? Because yeah. as we know, when you order from restaurants, the food has a lot of sodium. Yeah, it does. It does. So I was particular with that. I just had certain things that I knew I could eat that uh, that would not have too, too much sodium in it. Um, so for instance, um, I still, I, I'm a, I'm a big meat eater. I love beef. Um, so I would get a steak, but I would get a steak that, and I would tell them specifically, I don't want any seasoning on it. Just grill it. That's it. And they would comply. They were fine with it. Um, you know, yeah. I used to love, you know, you know, a, a smothered steak or, you know, back in the day I would get, you know, something with, with a peppercorn sauce on it or what have you. Nope. All that's gone. Even today. I mean, if I'm eating a steak, I just want the steak, right? I mean, yeah, it may have a little seasoning on it or whatever. Um, if uh, we do it at home and I know I can control that, but if I'm at a restaurant or something, just give me the steak. You don't have to put anything on it. Yeah. So now when did you introduce the exercise to your, your change? Uh, so I, Shortly thereafter, so when I graduated from business school, I had two graduations. Um, we, we finished up. I got the diagnosis right before I finished, and that was like, I guess, uh, I want to say it was June or July. Um, and then we had a formal graduation that December with the rest of um, the Smith School of Business's graduating class. Right after that, I said, okay, I need to incorporate exercise because I had done a ton of research at that point, And I, I realized that there has to be some sort of um, exercise to accompany what uh, accompany my diet, my dietary changes. Um, now, so I uh, fixed uh, my uh, gym in the, in the house. But a, a question here with that. Now, I didn't ask you this, but like growing up, were you an active kid? Did you play sports or any of that kind of stuff? Okay. Uh, not formally, though. I did play sports, but I, I didn't play on like the high school team or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I just loved playing like, you know, pick up basketball games. You know, we play, we played all through high school, pick up basketball or, okay. you know, um, in college I played, uh, inter you know, I played with uh, my boys every day after, after class, we would go to the, the CCRB and play ball. Um, you know, Brad, Tony, all those guys. We would do yeah. That. Yeah. Um, intramural football, you know, did a lot of intramural football in college. We loved that. Um, I loved it. So I did, I was active, but I wasn't, you know, I, I would not consider myself an athlete because I didn't, you know, I didn't join a team. Okay. I just love sports. So, funny. okay. All right. I got you. I got you. Um, and you said you were doing a lot of research in terms of what you wanted to do as far as exercise and, and this new commitment to mm -hmm. being active. So tell us about that beginning, that start of it. What what did you do and sure. how were there was there a challenge to it because you're a consultant, you're traveling. How, tell me how you put your program together at the beginning. I'm curious. Sure. Well, it was uh first of all ridiculously hard because um, especially even in 2010, the gyms and hotels were not very good, right? I mean, you probably could get a a treadmill and a uh um sometimes they would have a um 
uh, what's that stupid thing called? Can't stand it. They'd have a life cycle. Um, Some of those old things with a life cycle. Yeah, like a life cycle or what the heck is the other thing? It's like a ski machine. Elliptic. I forgot what it's called. Right oh, now. the Nordic Elliptical, track. thank you. I don't know why. And then there was, yeah, the, Nordic the, the first ones were the Nordic tracks. tracks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I never liked that. I don't know why. I just never liked it. But, uh, but Well, gyms it, it, in hotels know, back then were like afterthoughts. Yeah, gyms were afterthoughts. Yeah, and they the were. And it's usually a room that they just took the beds out and put something in, right? Yeah. Um, but over time, it got better. But so what ended up happening is I, I talked to my doctor. My doctor was like, no, 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 don't lift weights. You don't need to lift any weights. You need to do nothing but cardio, like do cardio, 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 cardio. And uh, I said, you know, all right, that sounds boring to just do cardio only, but okay, fine. Um so I, after doing a little bit more research, I started finding out that there was a lot of ways to get cardio and to build strength at the same time. Um, and a buddy of mine from work was really into CrossFit, um, and he introduced me to CrossFit. So uh, after researching that a little bit, uh, I knew that um, I needed something maybe somewhat along the lines of the principles of CrossFit, um, where you, you, know, you have um, basically high-intensity interval workouts. Yeah. Um, uh, but back then I just knew them as CrossFit. Uh, I needed that high intensity to get my heart rate up and to, you know, really circulate my, uh, my, get my blood circulating. Um, I also liked the fact that I could, I could strengthen myself, um, by doing that. But then I also liked the fact that I would get this, you know, this built in cardio workout as well. And it changed all the time. Cause that's one of the reasons I'm a consultant. I like variety. I don't like monotony drives me crazy. <laughs> So, you know, like I finish a project, I see the results, I go to the next project, I, I finish it, I see the results. Like, I love that. Yeah. So um, when I was introduced to CrossFit, I said, wow, this is cool because here's the workout. I see the result. It changes every day. I'm three days on, I'm, you know, one day off. So I started that. Um, and that really kind of, when I, it, the prop, the challenge there was time. Once again, it was, it was time, right? Because, like, you know, you're in a hotel. Sometimes they'll have what you need. Sometimes they won't. They wouldn't. So what, when would and you I work would out? Would gym. you work out to start the day? Or to tell us a little bit about that. How would you? Yeah, so that was also the challenge, right? So um, I, I, would try, I would just fit it in, right? I mean, I had to. I, at first, it was really, really difficult because I was just too busy, right? I mean, consulting, especially at, really at any, um, at any leadership level in a consulting career, you are pushing 12 to 14 hour days and where are you going to, you know, fit in a workout when you've done that and you've got to sleep at some point, it was really difficult. So the first thing I did is I said, okay, just like any project, I have to schedule time to get this done. I would literally put it on the calendar. All right, today, here's my day. I've got a gap here. All right. So before I go to dinner, go into the gym and here's the workout that I'm going to do. And luckily the world of apps really opened my my world up to workouts that could be done, you know, in short periods of time, but get the intensity that I really needed. So, you know, I found an app that would actually have all these scheduled workouts. You know, here's one you can do in 30 minutes. Here's one that you can do in 20 minutes. Here's one that you can do in, you know, 15. Um, and I would schedule the, that time on my calendar to work out. And I had to do it at least four to five times a week in the beginning. That was my goal. Um, and I got kind of disappointed because I never met the, the you know, the four to five times. Cause I, you know, like once I, you know, if you schedule it and a client calls you, are you going to say, Oh yeah, I can't talk to you right now. I got to go work out. <laughs> like you You're know, right. right. You, <laughs> you know, the, you talk to the client and they talk to you and they eat up your, your workout time and then you're off to the next thing. 
Um, so I had to get even smarter about it. And that's when I switched to the morning. There's no very few clients, you know, especially since I'm from the East Coast and even my East Coast clients, very few of them want to talk to you first thing in the morning. So, hey, mm-hmm. it's get up early, you know, be in the gym at 6 a.m., knock the workout out and start your day. And right now I'm at the point where evening workouts are actually difficult for me because I'm so kind of used to and regimented to getting up in the morning, get the workout done. And man, I'll tell you, it makes me feel awesome to just get the, the blood flowing in the oh, morning. Yeah. And it's the, it's the best the way to start the day. And the other thing is mm-hmm. you don't have the weight of the day on you. Now, I know it doesn't work for everyone's schedule, but right. you figured out that it works for your schedule because a lot of times you don't know what your day is going to completely entail. And if something right. pulls you in another direction, well, like you said, now that workout time that you may have scheduled in the evening, that's gone. But getting it over, getting it done first thing sets the tone for the day. Just makes it that much better. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when did you start seeing results? Oh, I'm sorry. Here's the other thing. Don't forget family. I'm sorry. Don't forget family was the other thing, right? I love spending time with my family. So, you know, if I'm trying to work out in the evenings, then I miss out on spending time with them. Even if it's just sitting around the dinner table or just sitting on the couch while they're doing something and we're all just together. I just love that. Um, yeah. I can't do that while I'm working out. So in the mornings, you know, nobody gets up here, you know, at my house before seven ish. Right. So if I work out in the mornings, then, Hey, I've got between seven and eight or whatever the time is after that workout to at least see them before I had to go off to work. You know, so yeah. That was pretty yeah. Cool. Yeah. That is good. Well, I was going to ask you, when did you start seeing results from your change of diet and incorporating exercise? Um, Oh, really quickly. Um, It was kind of amazing because, um, so the diet, um, so I I hate to call it a diet because it's not really a diet. It was really a lifestyle change, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So within the first three months, I think it was, um, I ended up losing 30 pounds. 30? like that. Wow. Yeah. I lost 30 pounds. Uh, I got to the point where my wife was like, hey, you got to stop losing weight because you were looking pretty skinny. Right. But I had, I had incorporated workout too. So that's, that's what really pushed it down. Right. Because remember, I got the diagnosis sometime in June, July-ish of that year. Then I graduated in December and I started my workout in the new year in January, my workout regime. So, you know, so basically just the diet and really doing things like just walking more, taking the stairs and things of like uh, things of that nature mm-hmm. got me to drop the weight pretty quickly. That's um, great. Now also the then, business was getting started too, wasn't it? The that's right. Business. So the business is getting started. I started the trucking business. Uh, I had eight trucks that were delivering, uh, you know, delivering parcels all over the uh, DC Metro area. So I was working quite a bit too, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, corporate Monday through Friday, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, I'm, uh, I'm working in my personal business and uh, it's pretty physical. So, you know, I not only, you know, was managing it, but I was actually working in it because I wanted to know every single job and it, you know, it was, it's a very, you know, physical job. Yeah. And where was, how was the blood pressure at this point? Actually very controlled. As a matter of fact, I'm glad you mentioned that because my goal was to get off the medications completely. I really yeah. wanted to get off all of the med- medications. Um, so in that first three months, I got off of one, uh, right? Dropping the weight, 
getting the diet under control, got rid of one of them. Um, I was on three. Um, so then the, the, the other two, it took me another probably five years to kind of get off of, uh, of the, the second medication. But I was, um, I was, I did get a decrease in dosage. Um, so that was pretty, you know, satisfying. Yeah. Um, probably a little too satisfying because I then slipped on my diet. My blood pressure went back up. My doctor increased the dosage again, which just motivated me again. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think, you know, just to all the people that listen to your podcast, yes, you probably are going to slip. But then you, if you have that re-motivating uh, uh, event, if you will, um, take it and run with it because, you know, this is a journey, right? Because uh, my problem is, you know, I love certain foods that I just don't want to give up. Like even now, I still do pizza on every Friday. Every single yeah. Friday, I have a pizza night. Um, so I break my diet. But during the week, you know, there are pretty much no slippages at all. Okay. All right. Well, what does your exercise program look like now? I know you said you like variety, and I, I, I know what a lot of your workouts are like. But if you were to tell us your kind of go-to when you don't want to think about it or you get extremely busy, like we're going to talk about this week and how your schedule is. Um, yep. Yep. What are kind of like those go-to things where you're like, you know what? I don't even have time to try to find something new and creative. That's fun, but I'm going to just get in what I need to get in. What are those things that you're doing? Yep. Uh, so you know, like you said, I like rowing. Um, rowing is a good exercise. Um, but what's interesting about rowing is that, it takes a long time to burn calories when I row. Maybe it's just the way I'm doing it. I don't know. Maybe I'm wimping out, but I feel like I'm going for it. Um, but it's a great <laughs> cardio exercise. You know? yeah. um, but uh, you actually helped me pick back up running. So, um, you know, I've been running quite a bit. Um, what am I, four miles, five miles from my, uh, my 50 mile challenge this week? I mean, this month. So uh, good, good. I'm going to knock that out in a couple of days. I think I'm going to okay. do it on Thanksgiving Day, but that's a go to. Um, and then I have, uh, I still love CrossFit. So I've got um, a couple of, uh, uh, of uh, you know, go-to CrossFit workouts that I just like because I don't, you know, I kind of don't need a lot of equipment for them um, mm -hmm. to, to work. So I just kind of, I've got an app. I go to the app, I pick out which one I like and I just, you know, I'll do it. And I've got them saved as favorites and I just kind of go in and click it and that's what I'll do. And most of those workouts only take me about, 30 minutes right but it's a very intense 30 minutes right so. and the good thing i mean i remember you saying this you you like those because it incorporates not only the lifting but also the cardiovascular piece so you get Correct. that the benefit of both in in that workout that's that's great right. now you i noticed uh in some of your your communication with me over time the your dog mm -hmm. is, is it what's your dog's name again uh, Cody. Yeah, Cody. Cody. Yeah, I thought so. Yep. Your dog is also part of your your fitness program. Talk to us a little bit about that. You said uh, yeah, Cody's the so buddy there. Cody's my man. So Cody got me um, the first time into running um, because he he's very athletic. So he's a pound puppy. He's a mixed. I don't know what he is, but he's a pretty little. He's about knee high, uh, 65 pounds, all legs, very athletic. Um, so I would, I would take him out for a walk. Right. And, um, uh, he doesn't like to walk. He wants to run. So started off walking him and then 
got up to jogging, you know, and, and, uh, he pulled my pace up. I think at the, at my, uh, the first time we went out and, you know, I ran with him, I didn't even realize that I went from, you know, running probably 12 minute miles to running a 10 minute mile with him, but and he was dragging me all the way. He was loving it, you know, but yeah. hey, it really, you know, it motivates you because, you know, he's happy and, you know, I'm happy mm-hmm. and we're together and that's just me and him time first thing in the morning. So that's I, mean, I just feel like, you know, a lot of people don't have that partner, but if you got a dog and the dog likes to go, use it as an excuse to get out there and go, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I do something. I don't run with my dog because he, it's interesting. I mean, he's got a fast trot, but he's not a runner, but uh, he loves okay. going for long walks. So we generally get in like a mile each morning to start things off. And then I come back and I do my thing, but it's a good start to the day for sure. Plus Absolutely. he pushes me to, to make sure I get up and get moving. Like he's, he's like, Oh yeah. Like they, they're I don't need an alarm. Yeah, exactly. Sure. They, they, and they will like, they, they get up and like, Hey, what's going on? Why are you still in the bed? Let's go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. Ready to go. Uh, hey James, I want to get into this time of the year where, yeah. The holidays are what a day like a day away coming up really, really fast, Thanksgiving, Christmas. And you started, I believe it was last year, a second business. Um, you Correct. are part of um, Amazon's new business in terms of their distribution network. So tell me a little bit about that and then blend in for me how you are going to fit in your exercise because mm-hmm. i mean there are a lot of people everybody's All right. but you i mean these packages are are coming left and right particularly this time of year because not this time of year i mean because of the pandemic i think more and more people are going to be using online uh retailers mm-hmm. for their their gifts so um go ahead what what's what's kind of yeah so Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great question. So, you know, both of my businesses are parcel delivery businesses um, and being a part of the Amazon network is new to the green family of businesses. So I'm actually running three uh, businesses simultaneously. I've got my consulting career, which is for a corporation. Uh, my one business, Emerald Business Solutions, which uh, is out there um, doing its parcel delivery. And then I've got Kijani Prime Logistics, which is our, our Amazon uh, business. And it's ramped up. Uh, it, we are ready to go. Christmas is here. Um, we will probably deliver at one business. Uh, I would say we're probably going to deliver 40,000 packages a week. Uh, maybe wow. more, probably, probably, yeah, probably 40 or 50,000 a week. And at the other business, I would not, uh, the Kijani business, Amazon, I would not be surprised if we're not delivering about 30,000 a week. Um, so it's pretty intense. So, uh, again, it goes back to project management and time management and really building a great team. So I I've, I took a year off of corporate last year, um, really, you know, spent a lot of time building the management, my management team on both sides of my business. Um, I have got an awesome management team. I hope they actually see your podcast. I, I told them today um, when I talked to them, I would say, hey, I'm really thankful for you all. I'm glad that you all are really thoughtful. You've, you've kind of taken the businesses. They love the businesses and um, they are, they are ultimately my support. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also support me and my endeavors for my health. Um, I, I actually shared my story with them about the diagnosis and 
you know, how I kind of control it and how I've gotten myself from three medications that were on, that were pretty, you know, high dosages down to one medication that's a pretty modest dosage, dosage. And I'm ultimately still trying to, you know, get to the point where I don't need it at all. Um, yeah. The doctor said, hey, you, you may, you may not get there um, because of, you know, my hereditary um, disease here. Um, but I think I can, and I, I'm going to continue to try. I'm going to fight it every, every step of the way. So the first thing I had to do was build this really strong management team. Um, the second, again, is, you know, really becoming more regimented in my schedule and being very thoughtful about when I can work out. So the sacrifices, you know, because these businesses are, are um, delivery companies, I won't be working out in the morning, but once a week, right? Even though I love working out in the mornings, um, my Wednesdays are days that I have set aside for certain parts of the business, like administrative work that I have to do. So it will start with a workout every Wednesday. Um, the other days, I will be coming home and scheduling them. Um, once I get everybody on the road, my managers typically have it from there. And uh, my workout could be 1 p.m. It might be 5 p.m. It just depends on what I can schedule in and, and how I do it. But I'll look at it at the beginning of the week and I will set my targets mm -hmm. um, for three or four days of those weeks. And I typically can hit at least two. And that's just six weeks. So in that six weeks time, I will probably work out twice a week. Um, the first week of the year after New Year's, I'll probably sleep from January 2nd to January 4th. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll get up and I'll get back to my normal schedule. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's all about, I think this, you know, I hope your, your, your listeners really take to heart that it is really all about, um, being thoughtful and, and planning your life. I know it doesn't sound fun, but it actually, it actually allots me more time to do things if I plan, you know, if I look ahead and I put things on the calendar and I think about it, you know, spending an hour thinking about my week will actually put three or four hours back into my life in terms of time that I could spend with my family or times, you know, time that I can just watch a football game, right? Like I've watched every game that I've wanted to watch this year because I plan. And when do you do that planning? Uh, typically on Sundays. Yeah. yeah typically Sundays. I'll, I'll start then and I'll just kind of look at my entire calendar and I'll say, okay, here's what I've got to do. Um, I'm good at it now. So it used to take me a couple of hours to kind of move everything around. But now it takes me about an hour to kind of figure out what I want to do for the week. Okay. Very good advice. And if we could here as we're just kind of winding things down, what other sort of advice or tips would you give individuals who may be struggling to get started if, you know, they know they should be doing something? I always tell people, don't wait for the doctor to tell to start working out or change your diet. But unfortunately, right. many people, they don't. I try to impart knowledge and talk without becoming annoying uh, to right, right. be encouraging. Right. But for you, I'm curious, what would you say or what do you say to people who you see could use that sort of encouragement, motivation? Sure. Um, a couple of things. The first thing I tell them is um, it's, it's, a, it's, not a, it's not a race, it's a journey. Right. So you're going to on any journey, you're going to have um, starts and rests and starts and rests. I always call them rests um, because people, um, I think, get discouraged when they fall off the wagon. And it, it's not really a, a fall off the wagon kind of thing. You got to get that out of your mind. It's rest. Uh, but you can't rest too long. 
right? You have to, once you recognize that you're on arrest, you start up again. So that leads me to number two, you never stop starting. Um, and I hate restarting things that I, if I got good at something, like even my workouts, I think, uh, you, you know, in one of the text uh, threads that you and I had back in, the, uh, uh, I think last time this year, it was probably the busiest peak that I've had because it was unexpected, right? Um, mm -hmm. For some reason, e-commerce blew up last year and nobody was ready for it. Um, none of our delivery partners, nobody was ready for it. It was more than anybody could handle. And I didn't work out the week, the month of December. Again, fell off the wagon or took a rest. And then when I started working out again, it was so hard to get back in. I, I couldn't do half the things that I used to do. At least it felt like that, right? Um, so I had to take my own advice. You cannot stop starting. So if you do take a rest, just go ahead and restart. You do a little bit more. And if you have to take a little bit, another rest, just you know, make sure you have a goal and what your rest is going to be. If your rest is going to be two days or three days or whatever it's going to be, that is your goal. Start up again. Because the more you, you know, the 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 more you push yourself to start this lifestyle change, the more it becomes a habit, right? Um, so I give people True. that advice. Um, find a partner. Find an accountability partner. Um, I find accountability partners to be incredibly helpful. I mean, hey, you, uh, Brendan, um, you know, a couple of my other, my cousin, uh, Ralph, uh, a couple of other people that, um, you know, we are accountability partners to one another. You know, we'll share our workouts. We'll share, you know, hey, I'm going to go to the gym or, hey, I'm going to, you know, here's what I'm eating today. Um, you know, we even share each other's cheats and dog each other for the cheats. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's Friday, dude. I'm definitely going to eat pizza tonight. All right, well, what are you going to do tomorrow? All right, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm a, I guess I'll do, what, three miles tomorrow. All right, you good with that? Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay. <laughs> but that accountability partner is so helpful, right? Because we, you know, we, we not only support each other, we egg each other a little bit, but we support mm -hmm. each other. And, you know, just knowing that if I don't send out my note, that somebody's going to say, Hey man, I haven't seen, you know, I haven't seen your workout come through in a couple of days. Well, what's up? You know, right, that, right, that true. Me motivated, right? Because <laughs> I know it's coming. If I don't put it out there, it's coming. <laughs> Even in December. So, you know, so I think those accountability partners are are very, very important. Um, even more yeah. important to me than having a workout partner, like somebody that's working out right here alongside me, because I don't work out with people because I built a gym in my in my house. Like matter of fact, that door right over there, that's my gym. Um, and, uh, I've got everything I need right there. So I don't need anybody to work out with me per se, but that accountability partner pushes me to go in there, you know, you know, three times a week and make sure I get it done. Well, good stuff. Very good stuff. And I like the way you were saying, or the way you put it about continue, never always start, keep starting. Don't, when you do have that rest, make sure it's not too long and you get back to it. It's, I think it's a similar concept uh, for when people have an injury that, mm -hmm. you know, it's difficult and some people get depressed from it because they're not able Absolutely. to do the things that they were able to do before. Like I, I hate being injured. I mean, obviously no one likes being injured, but it changes things. But I had an experience where uh, I had a number of knee problems and I just wasn't myself, but I had to change things up. I started doing much more just upper body. And I was, I didn't use that as an excuse to not be active. And I just said, Hey, you know what? I'll recover and then I'll get back to it and I'll 
ease my way back in, ramp, ramp back up. And exactly right. it took, it takes time to get to that sort of, um, that sort of uh, mindset, but continue is, is, is the message. That's right. Continue to fight. And you said something sure. also that was big there. Something else you said that was big there. You got to listen to your body, especially, Hey, I'm 50 now. Right. So I have to listen to my body. Like, you know, when I was 30 and, you know, younger, yeah, I could beat myself up, right? Like I could work out and push myself to the nth degree, and you know, uh-huh. I might strain a muscle, but it was healed in a week. You know, right? And like right now, if I strain a muscle, it is man, it takes a while. <laughs> it takes a while to heal, man. So, so I've learned that I do have to listen to my body, and I do, um, I push myself, but I, I am thoughtful about how I push myself, right? right. Um, True. And I think, you know, especially, you know, for men at, at this age, I found a lot of my friends will injure themselves uh, going to the gym and trying to do workouts as they did in their 20s. And I just don't I, I don't right. do that. Right. I, I listen to my body. I, you know, I, I, I try to make sure that if I am going to do something where I, I feel like I want to push myself, then I get a partner. Right. But if I mm-hmm. for the most part, I am uh, I am pushing myself, but not to the point where of injury. Right. I really try right. to listen. And I, if, as soon as I start feeling that, that, you know, the difference between an in, a pain that could lead to an injury and a pain that is just fatigue. Right. Right. I will go to fatigue. I like that. I, I enjoy going to fatigue, but I will not go to the point of injury. Smart man. Smart man. Well, James, thank you very much. I definitely appreciate your time. I'm glad I was able to get you on here before the big, big push. And uh, good luck with everything. I know you you will get it handled. And well, when it's over, beginning of next year, come back and we'll we'll catch up again on on the podcast. Hey, I would love to. I would love to. Hey, and thank you because uh, I appreciate you uh, introducing me to BCF too. Because I, you know, that's another one of my one of the things that I've been doing and. Uh, I will I will work them in and it's fun and it's like something that I can do, you know, in, in a nice uh, time frame. So keep up mm-hmm. the good work. I'm really proud of the, the work you're doing in that terrain. All right. Well, thank you very much. And you take care. Tell the family I said hello. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Take care, brother. Take care.